listening to what students say they need when it comes to accommodations and not making them feel like they have to kind of prove to you that that is indeed what they need. I'm Nikki Miller, social media specialist at Kessler Foundation. I'm joined today by Bryce Stanley, and we're talking about his college to work experience and how it relates to our 2020 Kessler Foundation National Employment and Disability Survey recent college graduates. We recently revealed findings from our survey that spelled ideas that people with disabilities can't study or further their education. The survey also revealed key factors contributing to the success of students with disabilities, such as college career and disability services. Today, we wanted to hear Bryce's story. Welcome, Bryce. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I wanted to start off by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your educational background. Right now, I am a PhD candidate at the University of New Hampshire, where I study economics. Before then, I started my college career at community college, largely due to my disability, which I'm sure we'll get into earlier. Uh, My grades out of high school didn't really leave me with any other options. So I went to community college for a year and then transferred to a four-year school, worked a little bit uh, inside the startup field, um, and then applied and went straight to grad school. It's nice to hear um, a little bit about your background starting off at a community college for students who start Mm -hmm. off at community colleges, because I went to one of those to save money um, and all of that. And look at where you are today. You have a PhD, so that's awesome. Well, I, I don't have it yet. Could you briefly touch on your disability? I have uh, MDD, but the, the disability that I think is kind of more um, focused on today is I have a sleeping disorder called delayed sleep phase disorder or delayed sleep phase syndrome. So I'm not sure if you have heard of this uh, before, Nikki. Are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. Did you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah. So um, from my very non-scientific and very limited medical background, my understanding of it is that... Um, our the, the sunlight gives off um, kind of signals to our brain uh, as it's being recepted through our eyes. Hey, it's time to be awake. And then when the sun goes down, it says, hey, it's time to go to sleep. Right. So I think melatonin is the um, the chemical that our brains produce after the sun goes down to help us go to sleep. Um, but for some people, the the translation from the sunlight to these chemicals being made doesn't happen very well. And um, from my understanding, it's also pretty common um, with uh, blind people because, well, some of them literally can't, you know, get in that sunlight uh, through their eyes. Um, And so what this translates to people that have delayed sleep phase syndrome um, is a kind of natural body clock that can be anywhere from like two to like seven or eight hours shifted off of what kind of normal society operates at. So, for example, if I was to let my body uh, go the way it wants to and and not put up a fight, um, I would fall asleep each night around roughly 6 a.m. and then sleep till about 4 or 5 in the afternoon. It's a kind of everyday struggle to try to wrestle and shift that back to kind of hours that are more, you know, fit in with with most of how society operates. Not only is it the the shifted kind of schedule, but the... um, inability to to alter it that is really difficult so both the falling asleep and the waking up parts are very difficult um i'm sure my mom can tell you horror stories of her trying to wake me up at 9 a.m when i was in high school you know now now as an adult it's it's a little bit better uh, as far as my ability to to manage it you know it's a learned process 
but so I've been very lucky to have found, you know, discovered ways to to alter my sleep schedule some and have put myself in situations to where I can operate at a, a slightly different schedule throughout the day than other people. Well, that's good to know. Thank you so much for sharing that process with us. I wanted to start off by talking about your college experience. How do you view your decision to go to college? You know, coming out of high school, I was pretty disenfranchised with um, kind of formal education. I had a really uh, kind of negative high school experience where um, I think that the teachers and the administration, I think it was a combination of not knowing how to and not wanting to make accommodations or deal with me um, and my disability. So I definitely had kind of a negative outlook on uh, formal education coming out of high school. Um, but I did know that luckily with my condition, the only real accommodations I need are a different, uh, kind of schedule to work on. Um, and then, then I guess understanding from the people that I work with. So I knew going into college, if, if I was able to, you know, strategically only take afternoon classes, then some of the negativity that I experienced in high school, um, I could avoid. There was some negativity during high school, right? Was it that? teachers didn't believe that you had a disability or how did that come about? I suspected because it was an invisible disability that they hadn't seen before that they were very skeptical to if it was real or not, or if it was me making up excuses and them writing me off as, I don't know, a lazy pothead that just didn't want to go to school. You know, I know clearly was not the case, um, but I think for some of them, they, they had a difficult time kind of understanding that this is a medical condition that they have to make accommodations for. And the accommodations really weren't that difficult if they, you know, they, they, if they would have realized that earlier on, it could have been a much smoother process. Definitely had a negative experience um, and a lot of difficulty advocating for myself and getting the accommodations I needed in high school. You talked about your, you had such a good support system with your mom and your family, but were you ever discouraged from pursuing an education? Definitely from the, my teachers in high school, uh, but not from anyone that you know, it was, that was within my family or um, anything like that. I remember at one point at one of my 504 meetings in high school, a professor, not a professor, a teacher suggested moving me to special ed, um, which, you know, I don't have a learning disability. I have a sleeping disorder um, that, you know, it would not be appropriate. Um, And, you know, kind of at that point, I was really discouraged because I realized that, you know, the people that are supposed to be teaching me aren't willing to, like, just le- learn the very basics about my situation. Because if they would have, they would know that the accommodations I need are not particularly difficult. Um, and they're not at all what they had just suggested. Does that make sense? If there was, like, a teacher um, listening right now who is not familiar with a disability like yours, what would you have to say to them? I think um, in situations like that, just listening to the, the, the student and hearing what they have to say as far as how you can best accommodate them um, is really important. Like, you know, now, now when I, I teach my own classes um, here at UNH and, you know, students come to me through the disability services here, like, it's so easy to just accommodate the things that they need. Like, it's not difficult. I don't understand why it has to be such a weird, um, it's almost like a, you know, prove to me that you need this type of thing. It's like, just 
do what they say. It's not easy. It's not hard. And it takes two seconds and like, it helps them tremendously. So um, I think in many senses, just listening to what students say they need when it comes to accommodations um, and not making them feel like they have to uh, kind of prove to you that that is indeed what they need. You said advocating for yourself. That must have been very difficult at a young age to have to advocate for yourself to get people to understand what you were going through. I am extremely lucky because of what my mother does for a living. She has her uh, her doctorate in education and works inside the special education field at, at the neighboring uh, school district where I went to in high school. Um, and so she... <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't even say advocating for myself. I should say letting my mother advocate for me. Cause like you said, I was too young to know, you know, at 16, 17, I didn't know how to advocate for myself or what options I had and what rights I had. Um, and so I was incredibly lucky that my mother was there to, uh, do that for me because without her, you know, I very easily could have fallen through the cracks in high school. Walk us a little bit through your process and how you decided what college you wanted to attend. That's a pretty easy one. Um, my GPA at a high school put me in, what do they call it? I think the fourth quartile, right? So they, they would break up students by GPA into quartiles. Um, I, I was, I think I was leading the pack of the fourth quartile. Um, but uh, so that, that basically meant I had no shot at getting into any four-year school. I applied to several throughout uh, Texas where, I, where, where I'm from and didn't get into any of them. And so I just went to the local community college because it was the only place I got into. So as far as deciding which school I went to, that was that was pretty easy. You mentioned your mom being very supportive, but mm -hmm. you know, what about other family members and friends? Were they supportive of your decision to attend college? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I... I'll say this multiple times throughout, uh, you know, our talk here, but I very luckily in a lot of senses in, in many different ways um, in how I've been able to navigate my sleeping disorder and having parents and family and friends that are supportive of me and getting an education is definitely one of them. So not, not just my mother, but um, you know, other people in my life as well. Yeah, because you mentioned your grades being very poor. Um, so I can only imagine that it that support system helped a lot yes. pushing you forward. Um, what kept you going? Because, you know, sometimes some people, after looking at their grades, um, going through a disability, having poor grades, they'll be like, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this. What kept you going? What motivated you? I really enjoy learning. I'm a very curious person, I suppose, and, and enjoy, um, definitely enjoy the challenges that school can bring on. Um, and I, I knew that if I just was able to, to have classes at a time to where I could attend them regularly, um, which I didn't have in high school, then I, you know, I had confidence in myself that I could avoid the difficulties as far as getting good grades that I saw in high school. So having that flexibility in college definitely helped with your academic career. Yes. The the accommodations I need can pretty much just be the, the different schedule, which is difficult to get in high school, but not difficult to get uh, most of the time in college, especially if there's multiple um, offerings of the same course, then it's, it's not a difficult thing. While in college, what was the biggest barrier you faced and overcame? Occasionally, there wouldn't be multiple offerings of a course. So there were definitely a couple of times to where I had 
I think like 9.30 was 9.30 a.m. Uh, courses that started then. And, um, you know, that was a challenge because I knew it would be unrealistic to try to make it to every single one of them throughout a 15-week semester if they met twice a week. But I could still, you know, plan ahead and do do my best to make as many of them as I can. And the ones I don't make still be able to stay on top of the coursework. Um, and so that was really challenging at times because it's easy to get discouraged if you miss two or three classes in a row. Um, and it's really easy to fall behind if you miss two or three classes in a row. And I was able to get through undergrad without any major hiccups on that end, although at some times it definitely, it definitely looked like that wasn't going to happen. Our survey revealed the importance of um, college career and disability services. Could you share your opinion about that? Did you use any college career or disability services that you wanted to just touch on? I didn't, and I desperately wish I had. Um, I just wasn't super aware of them when I was an undergrad. Um, they It wasn't something that I think was really properly advertised. I'm sure if I had gone in there, I would have you know met people that were eager to give me the help um, I needed, uh, but my strategy was much more to kind of white knuckle it. A lack of being aware of what exactly was at my disposal um, was kind of the bigger struggle on that end. You graduated with your bachelor's, you have your master's. Throughout all of that time, you didn't use any disability services at all. You kind of just figured it out on your own. Yeah. So I would, you know, if there was a class I had missed because it was in the morning and missed several times, I might go to the professor directly and explain to them the situation. Um, in which case, you know, I largely just needed them to not think I was a jerk that was blowing off the class, um, but I could still make up the classwork on my own. And yeah, I never went through disability services, but looking back, I definitely wish I had. Um, I was lucky to not have professors that, you know, uh, took off grading points for a lack of attendance or anything like that, because without going through disability services, you know, I didn't have as much as a, uh, a bargaining position. What about um, career services? Did you ever at once, anytime need them to help with resumes or job search or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. At, at Bryant, where I went for undergrad, they're pretty big on their career services. It's a very good department there. Um, and so I think I went through them uh, when applying through it for, for internships during the summer uh, when I was an undergrad. And do you think that they're helpful in any way? Yeah, the, the one at Bryant, I know, is like very well um, viewed, and I think they they get ranked in the national rankings at times. Um, I never found a job through them, but that that doesn't mean that they weren't um, helpful. You mentioned accommodations. Was it pertaining to your disability or anything like that? Right. So on the the times when I when the only class offering was in the morning or early afternoon, and it was a class I had to take, um, you know, I I can't ask them to change the time of the class. Um, but simply just recording the class that way, if I do end up missing because I cannot wake up, um, I can view the lecture online. And most classrooms these days are set up with that technology or especially now during this, uh, uh, pandemic when so many of them are going remote. Um, but so it's, it's not a difficult thing for the professor to do. It's not really that big of an ask. Um, and that can really allow me to re kind of relieve the stress and anxiety um, because if I do miss a class, it's it's not the end of the world because I can just easily log on and watch that lecture. I'm just curious to know, because you said you really didn't utilize the disability services at school. 
and you said they weren't properly advertised. So how do you think colleges can improve their services to accommodate students with disabilities, especially someone who um, in, has a, a situation like yours? There's various ways that colleges can get information out to students. Now at UNH, um, where I'm at now and where I'm teaching a class this fall, I think it's pretty standard for professors to include that information inside their syllabus and discuss it with their students um, on the first day of class. So in my syllabus, I, I have a section carved out about uh, the uh, student, assist- student accessibility services, the disability service office at UNH, um, and you know, we'll plan to talk to students here um, on the first day of class you know, about everything inside the syllabus, but definitely we'll include um, kind of highlighting that for them. What were your expectations about college and how did you how did it compare to the reality? Hmm, that is an interesting question. I don't know. I was definitely nervous because um you know, as we touched on, I wasn't the best student in high school. Um but in another sense I was excited to you know, finally get to have classes that I could show up for regularly and, you know, actually um you know, see how good of a student I was because I didn't get that chance um, in high school because of the majority of my classes I was missing, you know, a, uh, a fair percentage of them. Did you dorm at all? I know, I know you said you started with a community college. Yeah. So when I transferred uh, to a four-year school um, here in New England, uh, I lived in, the, um, I lived on campus. Yeah. And what was that like? You know, I didn't need accommodations as far as accessibility to the dorm or anything like that. So I think uh, it was a fine experience. As a person with a disability, did you feel limited in your college experience? That that was only really an issue on the few times that I had to have morning classes that I just couldn't avoid uh, registering for a class in the morning or early afternoon. Um, and so at that times, you know, when when I would end up missing several classes in a row, it could get really frustrating. And you know, I understand that that's not something that other people typically have to deal with. Um, and so in some ways, you know, there, it is easy to feel limited when you miss three or four classes in a row. What about outside of academically? What was that like? As an undergrad, I was really interested in kind of startups and various different, uh, you know, small tech companies or venture capital. And I was able to get a couple of internships at small startups. Um, and, you know, I was attracted to that area, one, because I found it interesting, but Two, because the startups tend to be much more flexible, um, much more flexible than, say, you know, large established companies. And so I knew that getting um, adjusted work hours at a startup wouldn't be near as difficult um, than if I was trying to get that at, you know, say, Microsoft or some company with thousands of employees that has a, a much more, um, you know, top down organized structure. Uh, so when I when I did work um, in the private sector, I you know, throughout the interview process would relay on the kind of situation that I'm dealing with and let them know, you know, I can still work the same number of hours a week, just, you know, noon to eight instead of nine to five. Um, And luckily that went over well. Um, One of the factors that was revealed um, in our survey is how important internships are and how they really help students with and without disabilities gear up for the workforce. So how was that? What was that like for you? And how do you feel that it helped in any way? Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed uh, my experience. Um, you know, you you learn a lot. You learn a lot about you know your preferences and how you like to work and what areas you work best in. Um, and you know, 
obviously I went into academia and not into the private sector um, after college, but I, you know, I still uh, valued that experience. You're still very young. You have a lot to learn and a lot to grow, but you've also had quite a journey and a lot of different experiences um, with your academic career. What, what what advice would you give um, your younger self with everything that you've gone through? You know, you mentioned high school and being discriminated and all of that stuff. What what advice would you give to your younger self? I would tell my younger self to be more patient. I think that would be a thing I could have heard more uh, when I was younger and not to get so frustrated when, you know, when I, I oversleep a class I really wanted to go to or I, I really needed to go to because I had missed ones before, you know, kind of have have patience and, you know, not, not get so frustrated when the sleeping disorder does get in the way of life. Does um, any of your experience ever affect the way that you um, you teach in school? I think it definitely makes me like a more, uh, I guess, understanding or flexible teacher. I, I have a few policies um, that I put into place specifically for kind of students with disabilities, even ones that might not have gone through the formal channels to get accommodations. So like, for example, all, all exams I give are untimed. And I think that's really um, important both for students with various disabilities, but then also if your English is a second language, I don't want, um, you know, it, sometimes it can take them longer. And so giving untimed exams, I think, gives them a chance to not feel limited in trying to display their understanding of a subject. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think I've seen how important it is to um, be willing to make the accommodations that your students need. Bryce, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate that you uh, came out today and decided to have a discussion with us. Sure. And I thought of a thing, you asked what I would tell my younger self. Can I add something to that real quick? I would 100% tell younger Bryce and also a good chunk of the people listening uh, to go to therapy sooner or go to therapy at all, do that, put that on there 100%. Thank you for sharing that, Bryce. Tuned into our podcast series lately? Join our listeners in 90 countries who enjoy learning about the work of Kessler Foundation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded on Wednesday, August 19th, 2020 remotely and was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.